Welcome to the No Spin News. I'm Monica Crowley, in today for Bill O'Reilly. Big thanks to Bill for inviting me to come and join you today, and thanks to all of you for joining us. We've got a great show ahead. And by the way, please check out my podcast, the Monica Crowley Podcast, available on all podcast platforms. So please go check it out. You will love it, I promise you. We've got a lot to get to today, including the latest on the southern border and Title 42. But first, the Monica Memo, and I want to discuss a singular menace in American politics. In fact, this woman has been a menace in American politics now for 40 years. Of course, I'm talking about Hillary Rodham Clinton. You know, for those of you who have been following my career, I have been talking about Mrs. Clinton now for decades, decades. And with every passing year, I hope and pray that this will be the last year that I need to talk about Mrs. Clinton but unfortunately, she is still around. And every once in a while, she pops up, as she did recently in the news. So I want to get to a broader picture here about why we are still talking about this woman. Mrs. Clinton is eaten alive by two main things. Number one, that she has never been president and never will be president. And number two, that she lost to not one, but two men who had a better handle on the political landscape and where the American people were, Barack Obama in the first go around and Donald Trump. But it was really losing to Donald Trump that put her over the edge and made her uh, completely lose her mind over the possibility of losing to this orange man who was a New York City billionaire, blue collar billionaire. And according to her and her crowd were just, was just crass, and vulgar, and of course had no experience in politics whatsoever. This absolutely drove Mrs. Clinton insane because she had spent her entire adult life preparing to be President of the United States. In fact, she had given up her entire adult life, including her sense of dignity by hitching her wagon to her husband Bill in service of her big ambition of being President of the United States. So when she lost, she lost her mind. How on earth could she lose to someone who had never done any of this before, this vulgarian? How was that even possible? Didn't Donald Trump know that it was her turn? Didn't he know to make way for Mrs. Clinton after everything she has been through? Well, either Donald Trump didn't know or he didn't care. And actually, Donald Trump makes way for no one particularly when it comes to the future of America. So Donald Trump made the mistake of running in 2016 and winning not just the Republican nomination, but the presidency. This, of course, could not stand. It could not stand for Hillary personally, for all the reasons I just laid out, that she's eaten alive by her life's ambition being taken away from her by this, this vulgarian from New York. But also she had another motive. Remember the email scandal, the personal server scandal? She needed to distract from that. But there was also something bigger going on. The deep state in this country, which is very real and very vicious, also could not allow this to stand. So they set out to frame and destroy Donald Trump, who of course was an interloper. This interloper who was coming in disrupting the swamp Dis disrupting the entire corrupt gravy train 
and of course disrupting their great re reboot of America, trying to move America to toward a more Marxist model. So this interloper needed to be undermined and then destroyed. But how? And that was the question. How were they going to do it? Well, they couldn't do it through a standard issue dirty trick that was too mild, and they couldn't even do it through a more intense smear like a sex scandal. No, they tried all of that and nothing worked. Nothing stuck to Donald Trump. They were going to have to bring in the deep state big guns in order to get this job done. And so they did. So they enlisted deep state operatives, their colleagues in the Obama White House, the CIA, the DOJ, and the FBI, in order to come up with a smear big enough to destroy not just his candidacy, that failed, but also to try to destroy his presidency. And they did have some success with that. So they hatched and executed the smear that Donald Trump was a Russian agent, a Putin stooge, right? An American traitor. Of course, this is all projection because they and their ilk are guilty of all manner of cashing in and selling America out to enrich themselves with America's enemies. Everything they accuse us of doing, they themselves are guilty of. But they knew that once they had the press, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Rachel Maddow every night, they knew that once they had the press ready, willing, and able to perpetuate this lie, that they were on the road to really destroying Donald Trump. And that is exactly what happened. All of these reporters that picked up the lie and smeared it, a lot of them got Pulitzer Prizes and moved on, got promoted. Nobody's held accountable for any of this. They knew that it was all going to fall into place, and it did. So until now, and you've got special counsel John Durham, who has brought the first trial, the first uh, criminal indictment, actually the second one. The first one was this guy, Kleinsmith, but this one is the Clinton campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman. And what happened on Friday last week was staggering because Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, Robbie Mook, blurted out in open court that Mrs. Clinton, in fact, had approved the spread of the lie to reporters. Well, of course she did. Mrs. Clinton was the lie. Mrs. Clinton created the lie. Mrs. Clinton was behind the entire thing. Now, they also shopped it to the CIA, which dismissed it out of hand. They brought it to the FBI, and the agent there looking at this said it was bogus within the space of one hour. So how did it continue to get life? Peter Strzok at the FBI revived it, spread it, the press picked it up, and like I said, ran with it to this very day. No one has apologized. There's been no accountability whatsoever. If this isn't treason, I don't know what is. And as far as the Mueller investigation goes, I see a lot of people on social media over the weekend saying $42 million in two years to investigate this. How did Mueller not find it? It's because the investigation was the cover-up. They knew that when Donald Trump was sworn in, that they lost control of the government and they lost control of the evidence. So they needed to buy time. And they enlisted James Comey and Donald Trump's first attorney general, Jeff Sessions, was stupid enough to go along with appointing a special counsel and Robert Mueller. And the rest, as they say, is history. But it's all a lie. The press, of course, is not covering this. They will not because they are corrupt. But we now have this trial underway. 
don't have very high expectations of this because, as we know, the judge is an Obama appointee, and there are at least three members of the jury who are Hillary Clinton donors. But there is a silver lining to this. Secrets never stay secret forever. And what is happening now with this trial is that Durham is establishing a very public record of the crimes that were committed. So even if we never see convictions, and even if we don't see Mrs. Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, the others who knew about this, knew it was false, abused their power, spread this to destroy a sitting president of the United States, even if we never see any legal accountability, know this, that all of the facts will be aired out and they will be part, part of the public record forever. Okay, that's the Monica memo. Let's turn our attention now to Title 42 and the southern border because we have an imminent uh, situation on our hands here, which I don't think that the federal judge in Louisiana who uh, ruled late last week to not permit the Biden administration to lift Title 42, which is a Trump-era public health safeguard, um, to allow the immediate deportation of illegal aliens who've come into the country across the border, allow them to be deported back. Um, I, I don't think that's going to change the dynamic here, and we are going to have a very important guest to address this question. But given the fact that a federal judge has stopped this, in view of that, let's take a look at late, the latest poll numbers here. Um, there's a brand new Politico Harvard poll that was just released that shows the majority of Americans oppose the lifting of Title 42. That is 55% overall oppose lifting uh, Title 42. They do not think uh, that it should be lifted. Uh, they appreciate the judge's decision here. They do believe we're still in a public health emergency or at least a public health um, uh, situation here with COVID where this should still remain in place. Listen to this. These are the latest border statistics according to the Customs and Border Patrol. Last month, the month of April, there were total encounters of nearly 235,000 individuals at the border. That's a 5% increase just from March. And then the total number of account encounters at the southern border um, starting from October of last year, so this is the fiscal year so far, nearly 1.3 million encounters. That doesn't even include the gotaways, the people that they can't monitor. These are just people that have actually encountered border agents down at the border. By comparison, you ready for this? The last fiscal year of President Trump's presidency, fiscal year 2020, there were a mere 459,000 encounters at the southern border. Now, one is too many. But we understand we're a big magnet here in the United States, but he had less than half a million in the entire year. And so far from October of last year, nearly 1.3 million encounters. So you can see the spike. You know the incentives that the Biden administration has offered illegal immigrants from around the world. We also got new ICE data showing that the number of deportations uh, under Biden has dropped by a staggering 78%. 78% fewer illegal immigrants uh, being deported under Biden than in the last year of President Trump's term in office. So it is, this is an historic catastrophe. 
And just because a judge put a hold on Title 42, this doesn't mean that the situation is going to change much, particularly now that we're heading into the summer months. So I want to bring in a very special guest, Laura Reese. Laura is the director of the Heritage Foundation's uh, Border Security and Immigration Center. She's also a senior research fellow uh, for Homeland Security. And Laura, I thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You bet. So as I mentioned, we have this federal judge in Louisiana who blocked the Biden administration's uh, attempt to lift Title 42. Uh, but we still have thousands of people who have massed on the southern border waiting to come in, in in anticipation of Title 42 being lifted as of today. So your thoughts on the judge's action here, and do you think that this is going to change any of the dynamics down there? I don't think it's going to change the trajectory. You know, kudos to the states. There were 24 states that sued the Biden administration in this case to keep Title 42 in place, and kudos to the judge for ruling in favor of the states. Sadly, however, we've already seen the Biden administration start to dial down use of Title 42, uh, particularly last month. And in response to the judge's order, the Department of Homeland Security put out a, a short statement saying they would comply. But I suspect they will comply with this order the same way as they are complying with the Texas federal judge who ordered the Biden administration to keep remain in Mexico in, in place. And that means that the, the administration will, just as they put a few numbers of, of people in the Remain in Mexico program, I anticipate they will use Title 42 with a small number of, of migrants to say, yes, court, we are in compliance, when in fact they will rarely use it. Instead, they will process them into the U.S., release them on parole, and encourage them to apply for asylum. You know, Laura, you raised a really good point here about the Remain in Mexico policy because another federal judge had ordered the administration to continue to enforce that and the administration simply blew it off and they didn't. So what makes anybody think that they would listen to this judge as well? Do you think that the administration will appeal uh, this judge's decision and take it to a higher court? Yes, I do. I think the Justice Department is, is planning to appeal it. And so then the, the Biden administration can play both sides of this. They can tell their radical left supporters, look, we're trying to end this. We agree with you. We want it to go away. And look, we're appealing this judge's decision. Um, at the same time, if the numbers get too high, as they are anticipated by our border agents who are estimating the numbers will get up to about 18,000 in a day, uh, then the main goal of this administration is to keep the spotlight off of what they are doing. So if the numbers get too large and the media starts to pay attention, uh, the administration can dial up the use of Title 42 to quickly expel some migrants and then get that pressure off of them. Meanwhile, as they continue to process more uh, illegal aliens into the country as fast as possible. You know, you mentioned some of these numbers and they're just staggering. They are anticipating about 18,000 a day coming in. That's up from about 7,000, um, Laura. And one of the, the items that is always in the forefront of my mind but gets no coverage is the fact that we could be letting in potential terrorists. And DHS and some of these other agencies are talking about 
uh, several dozen that they know about who appear on the terrorist watch list. So there are terrorists who might be streaming into this country unchecked, right? We have to assume it. The administration has admitted to 42 uh, terrorists on the watch list that they have encountered. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas wouldn't or couldn't say uh, their whereabouts during a hearing uh, a couple weeks ago. But when we have hundreds of thousands of gotaways, we have to assume there are several more known as suspected terrorists among those numbers. And this is a really a, a very dangerous national security threat. Yeah, and speaking of, we're also talking about catastrophic human and drug trafficking as well that only benefits the drug cartels. I saw Senator Roger Marshall, who's also a medical doctor. He's recently been down to the border, and he called this a, a humanitarian catastrophe, and he called it a war zone. And what we do know now is that the drug cartels are actually making upwards of $200 million per week in moving these people across the border into the United States. Could you speak to that? Yes, we now have had two years of historic numbers of Americans dying from overdoses. Uh, last year it was over 100,000 and the newest st statistic is over 107,000. And among that, uh, fentanyl is the highest uh, among 18 to 35 year olds. So this poison is killing our young Americans. And I have yet to see the Biden administration acknowledge this, let alone change course on this. And so we have to ask how many Americans have to die before they start paying attention to this? It's really, it, it's so staggering and it's compl all completely avoidable. President Trump had the border fixed. He essentially had illegal immigration, maybe if not totally solved, completely under control. All Biden had to do was nothing and he threw everything into reverse. So Laura, let me ask you, the Border Patrol and ICE, they are completely overwhelmed. They all say publicly that they no longer have operational control over the border and haven't for a while. They're not getting the resources that they need. So Laura, I can imagine that morale in these agencies is just at rock bottom. It is. Uh, they now call themselves travel agents or worse, uh, that they are a chain in the smuggling link. Uh, sadly, we just lost a Border Patrol agent this past weekend to suicide. Don't know the circumstances behind it, but the conditions that they face in going to work and not being able to do their job, given the oath that they took, is very demoralizing. And uh, we are losing too many agents to early retirement, resignations, et cetera. And it just makes the border less secure. Uh, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security gives lip service to supporting these agents, and yet he's doing the exact opposite in abandoning them. Well, you know, Laura, I, I just want to end on this one point that a lot of people talk about the Biden administration's incompetence. I wish it were only incompetence. What you're seeing now, because there's been no course correction, that's evidence that this is a deliberate overwhelming of the system. It's a deliberate overwhelming of the border. They will not stop this until they're out of office. And the question is, how are we going to manage this problem once we take control of the Congress, hopefully after November this year and then in 24, because the country simply cannot sustain this. But Laura, I want to thank you so much. Laura Reese of the Heritage Foundation, thank you for doing this today and for your great leadership on this issue. Thanks so much. Thank you. You bet.
All right, President Biden's schedule. Well, the president today is in Japan. <clears throat> Pardon me, he's in Japan and he's meeting with the Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio. He's having a, a series of meetings with the Japanese uh, Prime Minister. He's also going to launch the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework for Prosperity, which could be a key counterweight to China and growing Chinese economic power. So all of these conversations are important. However, never, uh, Biden never misses an opportunity to screw things up. So this morning I woke up and I was like, what's for breakfast? Oh, war with China. President Biden was asked about Taiwan and he was asked about whether or not the United States, his administration would intervene militarily if Taiwan were military, militarily threatened by China. Here is his answer. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? That's a commitment we made. That's a commitment we made. We are not, look, here's the situation. We agree with a one China policy. We signed on to it and all the attendant agreements made from there. But the idea that that it can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region and be another action similar to what happened in in uh, in Ukraine. And so it's a it's a burden that is even stronger. So did you hear that when he said, yes, the United States would intervene militarily if threatened directly by China on behalf of Taiwan? The reporter goes, you are? <laughs> she was completely stunned by his answer. Why? Because for decades, the United States has had a policy of strategic ambiguity when it comes to Taiwan. And that means we, don't, we have got a one China policy, but we're very ambiguous about what we would do or wouldn't do in defense of Taiwan. And that is a deliberate diplomatic and political and military strategy. And today, this morning, Biden just blew it all out of the water by saying that he would intervene militarily. Well, of course, the White House, within one hour, came out and walked back what the guy said. He said, no, 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 we're still one China policy. We still have a policy of strategic ambiguity. But, I mean, it, the Chinese then put out a statement, the CCP, saying, what is this? We consider this inflammatory and provocative because it is. This president does not know what he is saying because he is in a state of severe cognitive decline. He is basically mentally incapacitated. And it's one thing when he makes these kinds of errors here at home. It's another thing entirely when he's on the world stage and he's making these kinds of very, very serious blunders that involve life and death and questions of war and peace. It, by the way, it's a miracle he's standing because whenever you fly around the world, the jet lag is completely out of control, as many of you know, and this man is out of it to begin with. So I'm surprised that this is the only serious thing, serious mistake that he has made so far. Although he did make one gaffe uh, where he called the South Korean president by the wrong name. Roll it. So thank you all very much, and President Moon, Yoon, thank you for everything you've done so far. Appreciate it.
he corrected that right away, but uh, not good. It's not good when you don't know who your foreign counterparts are. Although President, uh, the president of South Korea is actually returning President Biden's phone calls, unlike the Saudi uh, crown prince or the head of the UAE or other world leaders that just blow him off. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. This new poll then will come as no surprise. Joe Biden's job approval dipping to the lowest of his presidency. This is a brand new Associated Press poll. 39% approve, a staggering 60% disapprove. By the way, a lot of these pollsters are left-wing organizations anyway. So if they say 39%, probably lower than that. Uh, here's another poll. This is CBS News, YouGov poll. Most Americans say things are going badly under Joe Biden. Well, you don't need a poll to tell you that now, do you? Um, they asked a bunch of Americans, do you approve or disapprove? They've got it at 43 to 57%. It's lower than that. Uh, but they also asked a series of questions like, do, what do you believe best describes Joe Biden's actions as president so far? He is distracted. 57% said, yeah, the dude's distracted. How about this? Is he incompetent? 51% say, yeah, he's incompetent. That could be mental incompetence. But again, I raise the point, this is not simply incompetence. This is a deliberate takedown of the United States. Here's another question from the CBS poll. Generally speaking, do you feel things in America today are going very well, somewhat well, somewhat badly, very badly? Well, the net it's going well was a mere 26%. The net, hey, it's going badly, 74%. This is like a right track, wrong track uh, question. And we've seen similar numbers from other pollsters as well. So you've got three-fourths of the country saying the country's on the wrong track and things are going badly. Not good for the Democrats going into November. How about this? Let's turn to Republicans. Here's a UMass Amherst YouGov poll. And it asked the American people, if the Republicans gain control of the House, do you think that they will impeach President Biden? Yes, 44%, no, 56 Should the Republicans impeach Biden? Yes, 34%, no, 66 But get this, 
Nearly 70% of Republicans say impeach Biden, to which I say, oh yeah, bring it on. And here's why. Impeachment is a constitutional and political matter. It's not a legal one, okay? The Democrats, after going after Nixon, Reagan, George W. Bush, not all of it got to the level of impeachment, but they have targeted Republican presidents now for decades with impeachment. And then they went ahead and impeached Donald Trump, not, not once, but twice. So they are the ones who have watered down impeachment. They are the ones, okay, who have brought this on themselves. And I argue it is now time to fight fire with fire turn their tactics around and use them against them. Because that's the only way we're gonna push back. Do I wish it had come to this? Absolutely not. I think with every presidential impeachment, it tears more and more at the fibers of this country, okay? So I don't think it's healthy for the Republic. But they're the ones who began this process. They have politicized everything. They are deliberately tearing at the Constitution. And the only way we're gonna be able to push back is if we use their tactics against them. There is a whole array of things that we could push back on and impeach Joe Biden for, starting with the Southern border, which we just talked about. But all of the Hunter Biden and his corruption, Ukraine, money from China, you name it. We've got a laundry list of things we should impeach him for. So yeah, you wanna play that game? Bring it because we're gonna bring it when we get in. Turning now to gas prices, guess what? Today, you're also paying an historic high, record high gas price. As of today, gas is a record $4.59, almost 60 cents a gallon. Thank you, Joe Biden. You know what it was under President Trump when he was leaving? Under two bucks. I could use some of those mean tweets right now as I go to fill up my tank. It is completely insane. California now, the average is over six bucks. We've got gas stations now on the West Coast that are actually changing their signage to make it possible for $10 a gallon gas. JP Morgan Chase today, or earlier this week, expects gas to be uh, national average $6 a gallon by the end of the summer. We cannot go on like this. We can't. But there's also a brand new poll. Gas Buddy did a survey, and it shows that nearly 60% of Americans say, hey, gas is out of control, but I'm still going on that road trip or trips this summer. 50, 58% of Americans say they're still going to hit the road. They have been affected by gas prices, but they are going to make sure their, their money is budgeted so that they can take those road trips, get in their car, and go this summer. So I guess that's somewhat good news, right? Um, but, you know, we all understand why gas prices are so high. This is because the Biden administration has waged direct war on our energy sector, American domestic energy production, starting day one when he killed the Keystone Pipeline. And every day since, including last week, when they canceled oil and gas drilling leases in the United States. They would rather go to America's worst enemies. They would rather go to the world's worst bad guys, Russia, Iran, Venezuela, begging hat in hand, OPEC, 
begging them, please pump more, get more supply on the global market to drive down prices. And you know what? They've all told him to go take a hike. And they're right, because guess what? The United States sits on more energy resources than any other country on the face of the earth. More than Russia, more than Venezuela, more than Saudi Arabia. It's just a question of political will to allow it to get out of the ground. And this administration will not do it because they want to pursue their ruinous Green New Deal at all costs. And the reason they want to do that, it's not because they care so much about the environment. If they did, they wouldn't be on private jets morning, noon, and night. No, the reason that they are doing this is for the Great Reboot. It's the American version of the International Great Reset. And that is one world government bringing us closer to socialism, a more collectivist Marxist kind of model. And the reason, the big reason they keep going after the US energy sector is because that is the biggest lever that they can use to transform the US economy and deliver it into more socialist hands. That's why. They want you paying six, eight, ten dollars a gallon because they think that's prohibitively painful for you and that you're going to run out and buy a Tesla for 150 grand. You'll transfer maybe to a cheaper electric vehicle. They are trying to convince you to move in that direction. That's why there's no course correction on energy either because they are trying to make it so painful for you and your family that you will take it upon yourself to go buy an expensive electric vehicle. And again, a lot of those vehicles are monitored, they got chips in them. Again, this is all part of the great reboot and that's why they're not moving to alleviate your pain. They want you to suffer, okay? So one final story for you here. Liberals now outnumbering conservatives on college campuses for uh, commencement addresses. So we're in commencement season, as you know. 53 liberal speakers to three conservative ones. <laughs> this according to a Young America's Foundation that found that, of course, it's, it's just so disproportionate in terms of liberal speakers on campus versus conservative ones. The three conservative ones are Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, he was asked to speak, football icon and Christian Tim Tebow, who is amazing, and Greek uh, Prime Minister uh, Mitsotakis was also invited to speak. So those are the three lone conservatives on campus. Um, otherwise, you're just getting indoctrinated. Okay, on this day in history, May 23rd, 1934, Police killed the infamous outlaws, Bonnie and Clyde. Listen to this, Bonnie Parker, did you know her last name? I didn't, and Clyde Barrow, I didn't know his last name. You know, they met when she was about 16, they got together when she was about 19. Um, he had been in and out of jail, he was an outlaw, he was a lawbreaker, uh, and she went to visit him as this young teenager, right? She kept going to visit him, so they clearly had some chemistry. And when he got out of prison in 1932, the two of them hooked up and went on this wild crime spree across America. 
And immediately they became super famous, right? And part of the reason why was because they were young and dashing. But the other big reason is one of the two criminals was a woman. Very unlikely criminal. It's like female serial killers. You never hear about women serial killers. Same thing. They had never heard of a female bank robber. But here comes Bonnie Parker along with Clyde Barrow. And they knocked over all kinds of banks. They just went through an incredibly blood-soaked uh, crime spree. And they did it across the South and the Midwest. Uh, they got caught a couple of times. They escaped. It's just an absolutely incredible story. But on this day, they were finally caught and gunned down. Here's what happened. Texas prison officials hired a retired Texas Ranger to track them down. So this guy went on a three-month search for Bonnie and Clyde. He traced them to Louisiana, and he tracked them uh, to where they were staying and where they were hiding out. Before dawn on this day, 1934, the, this retired Texas Ranger and a group of Louisiana and Texas lawmen hid in the bushes along a country road outside the town where they were staying. When Bonnie and Clyde appeared, these officers opened fire, killing the couple in a hail of bullets. And of course, we know this story because it was glamorized in the movie, Bonnie and Clyde, starring Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. It's a classic, so if you haven't seen it, go see it. Okay, we are gonna hit a very quick break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at one of my favorite moments from last week's Monica Crowley podcast. Sit tight. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD. 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder and we're back here's my favorite moment well, you were out there struggling to pay for groceries and gas, and you can't find formula to feed your baby. The Uniparty just voted yesterday to approve yet another $40 billion to Ukraine. 
for a grand total so far of about $58 billion. Do you guys remember when Donald Trump came to Congress and he said, I need $25 billion to build the wall? He just wanted $25 billion, which in the grand scheme of the federal government and its budgeting is literally nothing. I mean, it's $25 billion, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I'd love to have $25 billion, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I'd buy shoes first, then a plane. What would you guys do? Send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. If you had $25 billion, what would you spend it on? Um, well, after the government takes half of course. Shoes and a plane for me. Let me know. So he went to Congress. He asked for $25 billion for the wall. And he said, look, we have no country if we don't protect our national sovereignty. We cannot keep having these kinds of illegal alien invasions. So give me $25 billion to build the wall. Remember, in the first year or so, two years, Donald Trump had a Republican Congress, a Senate and the House, But who was leading the House of Representatives at the time? Oh, that's right, Paul Ryan. And so the Republicans said no to that. And then, of course, later, the Democrats would just have no problem stopping this, and they did. So Trump could not even get $25 billion for the wall. They were like, oh, we can't afford that. Aren't you a deficit hawk, Trump? (laughs) They threw every obstacle at him possible, and... It was simply because they didn't want to build the wall. They wanted the influx of of people coming in. Exactly right. It's a disgrace. The uni party is a disgrace. If you like where that came from, go download my podcast. I do it three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you subscribe, it's free. All you have to do is go to whatever platform you get your podcasts on, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Type in Monica Crowley Podcast, it'll come up, click on subscribe. Again, it's free. It'll download to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I promise you, you are going to love it. Okay, let's hit another quick break and we'll be back with a message from Bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, here is the message of the day. So one of the reasons I wrote Killing the Killers was because I was stunned to learn about our weapons systems, what we have in our arsenal, what America has. Let me give you just one example. China has 300 nuke warheads to put on missiles, 300. You know how much the USA has? How many? 
4,000. We have technological weapons in space right this second that hunt down and assassinate enemies of America. You will never hear about it. How could you? The people are vapor. The attack comes from space. Bang. In Killing the Killers, I take you step by step how that happens. A lot of classified information. If I go to prison, I go to prison. We got it. I put it in a book. It is amazing how powerful this nation is. And Americans don't really know it. They don't really understand it. If we wanted to vaporize Putin, we could do it in an hour. Boom. But we risk World War III if we assassinated him, blew up the Kremlin. Then they could, Russians could get their subs. Whack. Russians have a lot of nukes. Okay? But it would take us an hour to get Putin if we wanted to. But you don't risk nuclear war by doing that. Can't. No responsible person could. Right? But Americans do not know the power that our president, the commander-in-chief, holds. I mean, this I talked to Trump about this so much, privately. I mean, that he was awed, because he didn't know. He had no idea, when he got elected president, what the power was that he held. Nobody knows. So, when you read Killing the Killers, this is a whole different ballgame. This is telling you exactly where the United States stands in the world vis-a-vis China, Russia, the jihad, all of that. And it's vital that you know it so you can put things into perspective when bad things like Ukraine happen. Because all of our lives are at stake here. But the weaponry... Nobody on this planet has ever even conceived of the stuff that we have. And that's true. It's not science fiction. Killing the killers. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.